so welcome back to the Armchair Trader podcast. And this week, uh, we're going to be talking about trading, but specifically um, a new approach to trading and something that not just active traders, but uh, more longer term investors may be interested in. Um, on the podcast, we have Lane Clark, who is co-founder of TPP, who is joining us to talk a little bit about what they've been up to and what I think is actually quite an interesting um, new approach to getting exposure to the markets. And um, welcome to the podcast, Lane. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you very much for having me. So very quickly, let, let's kick off with just um, just give us a, a, a summary of TPP and what you guys do. So TPP, in very simple terms, it's a platform that showcases experienced traders and their trading strategies. Now, the strategies are wide and varied. There's a multitude of different strategies showcased on TPP, but they all have one thing in common. They all have track records of outperforming their market benchmarks. Now, one other thing to add to that, I guess what we've looked to do is bring these kind of elite traders and their strategies direct to market. So in theory, we're almost cutting out the asset manager, the fund manager, the IFA, and bringing these elite strategies direct and on the back of that, we can obviously reduce management fees, performance fees, and at the same time, have a market-beating vehicle that's incredibly cost-friendly for the client. And it's not, this, I mean, I've come across um, things that are a little bit like this in the past. Like, obviously, there are in the UK, we've got coffee trading platforms where people can, can uh, follow a particular trader. Um, but I mean, in terms of launching something like this, I've not come across anything you know, specifically like TPP before. What was your journey in getting to launching this business? I mean, how, how did you get here? Um, how, what made you decide to, to launch something like TPP? Well, well, first things first, Stuart, I think you're right in regards to saying there are probably similar companies, but nothing exactly like TPP. Yes, there's that copy facility, but the big difference is you're copying traders with vetted track records of beating the markets over a number of years. So what got us to, to obviously this point in time, if you probably best understanding more in our background, Ed and I are very similar. We're the two founders, myself and Edward Davies. And our background has been around kind of asset management, fund management for 22, 23 years each. So if I look at myself individually, and I'll touch on Ed as well, I've been a broker, a trader, a director of trading. I had my own asset manager for an eight-year period. And then for the six years before setting up TPP, I was acting in a consultancy capacity. So I would go into small hedge funds, asset managers, and assist them with trading strategies, mitigating risk, mitigating volatility, et cetera. So kind of wide and varied, but always on that kind of trading side, a performance side. Ed, on the other hand, very similar in regards to experience-wise, number of years, decades, but he's always worked for the same large London fund. So he's a partner in a large London fund. And we decided that we would get together, combine skill sets, trading techniques, contacts, and build a platform that, if you like, could assist what we would term as frustrated investors. Because when we're looking from afar, if you look at my kind of background, it's predominantly been working with high net worths, ultra high net worths. Edit has always been institutional. And we would class ourselves as market beaten traders. So we're looking from afar and we share investors' frustrations. It's only our opinion, but we would say that world of wealth management is slightly stale. It's slightly outdated. And there needs to be a proposition for investors to be able to start beating the markets. And that's really where the idea derived from. 
And, and um, going back to what we were just mentioning, um, what makes TPP different from, say, one of your typical copy trading platforms or indeed um, on the other side of the coin from just investing with, a, with a, a fund manager and putting your money in a fund? Yeah, great question. So first thing, if, if we look at kind of the investment spectrum, at one end, Stuart, you've obviously got the asset manager, the fund manager making five, six, seven percent per annum on average with the management, with the performance fees. At the other end of the investment spectrum, you have your kind of do-it-yourself investment platforms, the copy trading type facility. And then there's that vast cavern of opportunity in the middle. And that's really where we've kind of facilitated TP, TPP and we're aiming at that kind of marketplace. So why is it different? It brings up almost, I would say, the best variables and attributes from both sides. It's got the risk managed approach, a diversified portfolio, and, and, and the fact that you, you will never lose all your money like people do with some of the do-it-yourself investment platforms. And at the same time, it's got that new age fintech edge where it's very easy to access the markets. The costs are very low. It's very liquid. It's very transparent. So that's really what we've tried to do. We've tried to bring, bring the best attributes and the best variables from the old school way of investing to the new methods of investing. And that's really the niche that TPP is trying to fill right now. So the, I mean, I guess the crux of it is how you go about selecting your traders, um, these these world class traders that you've mentioned, and and secondly, um, not just getting the right traders in, but monitoring them that appropriately as well, because that's always been another. I mean, talking to people in the hedge fund industry, um, you know, monitoring your your actual traders, what they're up to, how they're doing it. That's obviously an important part of the whole. The whole service isn't it no it, it definitely is and in regards to our traders we've touched on kind of you know the, the actual platform and why i believe it's different digging down slightly more into the traders the traders are tasked with making the remit that they work on is 1.5 times their market benchmark on a per annum basis so if you're looking at the FTSE 100 and it's doing six or seven percent per annum our traders are looking to do ten percent if their benchmark is the nasdaq and they're looking to, you know the nasdaq's doing ten percent on average our traders are looking to do 15% as a minimum. So that's a remit and that's what they aim to achieve. And, and I guess that adds on the fact that why we're different and why I think it's important to stress that point. It isn't traders as some people on the kind of retail side and, you know, do it yourself investment platforms perceive traders. It's more that mid long-term investments. Now I'm a big believer that you only need to make a few subtle tweaks, subtle modifications to any portfolio to go from a portfolio that tracks a market to one that consistently beats it. And that's what we've tried to build at TPP. So as, as an example, uh, if you look at our platform, there are 25 different strategies. But the team of traders is very small. And I guess Ed and I uh, are very fortunate, and, and we appreciate this, that the world we grew up in and the world that we resided in for all of our careers was the world of traders, market-beating traders. And the world of finance, you know, Stuart, is a very, very large one, but the world of successful traders is far smaller. And I guess what Ed and I have tried to do is to get some of these traders, a handful of these traders, to buy into our vision that if we build a platform that can consistently beat the markets, then, you know, it's a cliche, but we could, you know, possibly change how people invest. And I guess this is almost why we're building the momentum that we are, you know, when we set it up for kind of friends and family. It's just kind of snowballed where we're operating in 15 different countries now in the space of a few years, we're, you know, purely by word of mouth and referral. 
So that's the kind of traders, how we monitor them. Second part to your question, Stuart. Um, Ed and I, obviously, before we even consider showcasing anyone on TPP, they need an extensive track record of outperforming. Now, we say a minimum of five years. Realistically, those track records are typically 10 years plus. And there are no spaces in the market. You know, we, we won't accept a track record where somebody said, oh, I've got a brilliant track record, but I took two or three months off during COVID. Or, or you know, I was on holiday when the credit crunch happened. Or, or you know, I happened to take a week, week out of the market when Russia invaded Ukraine. Our track records are, are vetted comprehensively by Ed and I. We're almost the gatekeepers of TPP. So in order to even initiate those conversations to get on our platform, they need a, a very good track record. Now, once they're on our platform, the data you see in our platform is live. There's no hiding place for our traders. If they have a bad week, they have a bad week. It's logged on there. Every single trading stat is on there. So Ed and I, obviously, when we decide that somebody is of the kind of skill set and experience to be showcased, then at that stage, we'll give them generally a three to six month period of trading off platform. So nobody from the kind of general public can see their strategy. But Ed and I can just see that these people are really committed and they want this to work for them. Then at that stage, obviously, we will then insert them onto the platform. So they may only have a three or six month live track record with TPP, but obviously they've got an extensive one before that. Then from there, obviously, Ed and I uh, have obviously predetermined a remit for them to work on and a risk limit for them to work within. So therefore, it's very clear where if typically they would buy one FTSE 100 position and they tried to buy two or three, we wouldn't allow it and our system wouldn't allow it. We've programmed kind of risk parameters into our system, depending on the strategy that people obviously have to comply with. And just to give you an idea, to kind of cap that kind of risk and difference, the kind of average leverage on our platform is minimal. It's about 2.5. So when you look at some of these brokers offering the retail market 100 times leverage, 500 times leverage, it's a recipe for disaster. And what we're trying to do is replicate that kind of hedge fund model, but take the shackles off allow these fund managers to consistently outperform. And a good example of that, Stuart, is if you have a look, and I did a speech on this a couple of months back, and I was talking about the wealth management model, and somebody said, well, why are TPP bringing up better results than some of the best hedge funds out there? You know, are you saying your traders are more highly skilled? And my answer to that would be, no, I'm not saying that they're, they're more highly skilled. Yes, they're incredibly highly skilled. It's a very different model. Think about it like this. You're an asset manager, You've got 150 billion under management and you're charging 1% management fee per annum. Where is the incentive to outperform? No, rhetorical question, there isn't one. And it's exactly the same. We would look at it as from a performance perspective, hedge funds weighted towards performance. In my experience, they typically will take on too much risk to achieve that performance. Where with TPP, you can see on the platform, it's a market beating vehicle, but from a fee perspective, we've stripped out the management fee We've stripped out the performance fee. There's no commercial relationships with brokers. The only fee that exchange hands is a subscription fee from the client to the trader. And how TPP make their money is by charging the trader a slight override on what they charge on a monthly basis. And the reason why we did that, Stuart, not only did we want that kind of different market beating vehicle, we wanted a fee structure that would encourage traders to just consistently outperform. If you outperform, you'll never lose a client and this will grow and your model within TPP will grow and grow and grow. And on the back of that, I guess a final point on that, I would say the model is stacking up because our client retention rate since we set up 
is 98.8%. Realistically, anybody who works with TPP stays with TPP. The only reason it isn't 100% is because obviously circumstances have changed. But if you compare that to some of the retail brokers where 80, 85% of people are losing money, we flip that model completely on its head. So it's far more like the wealth management model. And it's why right now, I guess we're getting an awful lot of clients from SJP, probably the biggest one, Hargreaves, Lansdowne, Fidelity, Vanguard. But does that make sense Stuart, in regards to kind of the traders and how we manage that risk? No, definitely. And, and I know um, having spoken to sort of seasoned hedge fund investors, um, they always like to see managers who've traded through a crisis. So going back to what you said about, oh, you know, someone says they went on holiday when, when the Russians invaded Ukraine for a couple of months. Um, that's, those sort of guys won't, won't, won't take that at face value. Given you've already got quite a few traders you're working with at the moment, are you, are you still looking for more traders uh, to work with as well? Uh, yes and no. Uh, we're always looking to build more diversity into the platform. But reality is that world of consistent market beating traders is a small one. And as I said earlier, I guess Ed and I, fortunate that we grew up in that world, we know a number of them, a handful of them, and we've recruited them. So again, they've bought into our vision. If you look at your typical fund manager, where they're living off their management fees, and we're saying to these guys, look at first, there'll be very little in this apart from your part of our journey. But in the future, if we can build this platform that consistently outperforms, we could give you 100,000 investors in four or five years' time, paying you $100 on a monthly basis. Does that then become commercially viable? And the answer is yes. So, so that we've got those kind of traders. We do have traders kind of knocking on the door most weeks. But reality is, we often find, Stuart, and you touched on it earlier, about these people with the, the gaps in their track record. It doesn't work for us. And, and if you look at us, we've obviously traded through the Russian invasion. Well, our traders can't hide from that. And most of them were on the long side. But if you look at the live track records on there, we've got volatility very similar to markets in the same period performance is doing more than two times markets. And I'm probably being a tad conservative there. So, so you know, volatility happens. Uh, Black Swan events happen. Traders have to manage risk accordingly, not take on too much risk. And hence why we're, we're so stringent in regards to the risk limits that we'll put in place and why it's probably quite hard for traders to be showcased. But reality is we're always on the lookout for people who can add a bit of diversity and can, can stack up from a performance perspective and risk management perspective. Gotcha. And, and um, what sort of people are investing with you guys? I mean, what sort of clients are you dealing with? And um, uh, what sort of size of um, investment do you think really works with something like this? Yeah, well, when we facilitated this, like I said, our, our dream, our vision was, was to help the masses. Uh, so we wanted to basically help everybody. But reality is, Stuart, we, we're not competing with the people with £2,000 on a do-it-yourself investment platform. It kind of starts around the £15,000 mark. The average account right now with TPP is about £125,000. And we have obviously some in the multiple millions as well. And how it works is it's hard to pick a bad strategy. They're obviously all elite. But depending on where one is on their investment journey, different strategies will probably work for them. So somebody at that kind of starter type portfolio might have one of our strategies. And it's more what we would term slightly more vanilla TPP foundations. Somebody with maybe 40 or 50,000 pounds would probably diversify themselves with two strategies. And then when somebody gets to maybe 100, 125, depending on their risk appetite, they could have three slash four strategies. And the larger portfolios, let's say from 250, probably have five to six of our strategies. So they're very diversified. 
We've got a portfolio that's very robust and aims to perform regardless of climate. And then from there, the larger accounts will have those five or six. And that rather than add more diversification and more strategies, they'll just scale up the risk per strategy. So, yeah, it's really from kind of 20K northwards. Gotcha. And you mentioned um, you're, you're active in 15 countries. Does that mean that you're only taking on clients from those 15 countries? Uh, no. So word of mouth. So when we set up a few years back, obviously, Ed and I had a vision. We had a dream. At first, we thought, well, we'll roll it out to friends and family. You know, who better than that? But word of mouth quickly picked up, you know, somebody, dad at school told somebody else, somebody else who played golf told somebody else. And next thing you know, we're operating in 15 different countries. So what Ed and I have did since, we decided we had a couple of VCs kind of circling around the business, looking to invest uh, kind of capital into it. And we decided that instead of that, we, we would kind of put it back to our clients and do like a fundraise. Reason being, we want to obviously scale up and, and provide kind of these services globally. So, yeah, on our fundraise, we actually raised a million pounds in 36 seconds, uh, which I think was a record. Monzo Bank did it in 96 beforehand. Uh, so why I tell you that, sure, it puts us in a position where we, we've got the market beating vehicle, but we can now start looking to push it out and scale it up. So we're in 15 different countries now. But I guess from an FCA perspective, it would be termed as reverse solicitation. They've contacted us where what we want to do is go out and promote in those regions and beyond. Gotcha, gotcha. And taking a step back and being like playing devil's advocate here, um, what are the risks involved with using using um, an approach like this? Yeah, well, like with any investment, you know, we wouldn't be being candid if we didn't say there was a risk. But, you know, as I said earlier, if you're looking at historical data there, our volatility has been very similar to markets. So we talk about leverage, leverage, the average leverage being 2, 2.5. There is, of course, a risk like there is in any market. I would like to think that that risk is well catered for on TPP because of the type of traders. So, for instance, let's say uh, if the markets are dropping, some of our more active strategies may initiate a short term short position. Um, we also have what we would term as long or flat strategies. And often they might be flat in the markets as they drop down. So we also our most vanilla type of strategies. We have like three categories are leverage trackers. So, you know, if somebody believes the FTSE has gone up 7% per year, why not have two times leverage and make 14%? And that's the most vanilla type. But I wouldn't say it's particularly the lowest risk because they are in the market at all times. So if the market drops down 20%, that leverage tracker would be down 40%. So although it may look lower risk because it's a tracker, reality is I think good traders will manage risk more effectively. So look, we wouldn't hide from risk or volatility. It's there on our platform. Everybody can see what what's happened so far but yeah that average risk is similar to markets with performance obviously being substantially better so i would say it's similar to market risk but the fact that it's derivative based it has to be perceived as a touch higher risk but the results at the moment are very similar to markets on the downside understood and and is how people using the service and by that i mean are they are you ending up managing quite a large proportion of someone's assets or are these high net worth individuals giving you you know, say the more high risk capital or 10% allocation, something like that. I mean, based on your conversations with clients, what's their approach been to using this? Yeah, it's definitely a combination. So again, when we set up, I guess Ed and I, it'd be wrong to say we didn't look at a company like eToro and at this, that stage were worth obviously $10 billion. And we're thinking, okay, well, look, they're worth 10 billion and people are copying traders who with all due respect, they're not professional traders. If we can build something similar and be broker agnostic as well with professional traders, 
we could obviously go in there and a company like that, we could take lots of their clients. But I think if you look at the average portfolio size, and again, I'm only using them as an example, I think it's like 550 pounds average account size. Ours is over 125,000 pounds. So, so in regards to kind of who's using it, it's definitely a, a more serious investor, but it could be somebody who's putting maybe 50% of their portfolio. If they've got a small portfolio, you might have 25 of us and 25 elsewhere, or somebody of a larger one could have 250 of us and maybe, you know, 2 million at Coots. So it really depends on uh, the individual investor, but we've tried to uh, assist the masses, uh, but generally they're looking at a portion of their portfolio but I certainly wouldn't kind of determine, you know, as a high risk portion, uh, but but a portion. And then what tends to happen three, six, nine months down the line, they reallocate and they're put further towards TPP. One of the other things that emerges in the hedge fund space is, of course, capacity and the fact that um, some strategies just tend to have a maximum capacity before before the manager has to start compromising on performance. Um how do you deal with something like that? Because I can understand as you're growing and growing and growing, you're getting more clients, um, but you're being very selective on traders. One, does that create capacity issues for you? And then secondly, are there some of your traders who you have to have the conversation with in terms of you know how much money they're, they're actually responsible for? Should they be thinking of using the phrase soft closing, i.e. or hard closing, not taking any more client money into that particular trader? Is that, is that an issue that you look at or is it still sort of too early days for that at the moment? It isn't an issue at the moment, but it's certainly an issue that we're having internal conversations in regards to. Now, one thing that we've tried to do uh, to eliminate this is by only trading with kind of the most liquid markets and asset classes out there. So we have purposely recruited traders who trade the FTSE 100, the DAX in Germany, the CAC in France, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow. We purposely don't look for or don't showcase traders who are looking at obscure, illiquid stocks and equities. So, so yeah, we've we built a model around very liquid markets, the global kind of stock arena. Um, from a diversity perspective, we are looking to add to that kind of moving forward. But reality is, from a liquidity perspective, we, we feel we're in the right space. But internally, we're also talking about it will probably reach a stage where our traders will execute on the platform go to our dealing desk, which will then execute, obviously, at the institutional brokers. So that's a step that we'll be looking to add in the future. Uh, but but yeah, we're not there yet. Sure. It'd be a good problem to have, in my opinion. Just finally, um, you know, we're in a climate at the moment where many investors, high net worth investors, I'm hearing this from my own contacts in the wealth management space, are become really conservative and risk averse. And, you know, I'm not even going to invest in blue chips. I'm going to keep my money on ca in cash. I'm keeping my money in government bonds. Um, what's the argument for using something like this in the current climate um, and, and putting a bit of um, um, risk on the table, so to speak? No, a very, very valid point. And I think the first one, the biggest one is performance. So if you take us at the, the end of H1, where the FTSE was uh, very flat on the year, our average strategy was positive by 13.3%. So reality is, if, if, if you find yourself a market beating vehicle, regardless of the market climate, then it's the best place for your funds to be. So what we typically find is, like I said, people are slightly cautious. So they might naturally do 250 or turn around saying, actually, Lane, I'm going to start with 75. I'm going to start with 100. Then they see that H1 performance and all of a sudden 
they do that 250. So completely appreciate there is some cautious investors out there. People being slightly more conservative, 5% interest rate, you know, rates, you know, lots of banks. But ultimately, if you can find a market beating vehicle, which I, th I think our, our track records show that's what we do, then people are prepared to invest. So, so no, it's been a quite a good time for us, to be fair, in regards to kind of uh, the, the acquisition of new clients. And most of our business comes by referral and they just keep on coming in on a day-by-day -day basis. Oh, that's great. Um, and, and just, I mean, just finally, um, where can people find out more about the service if, if this, this is something that uh, actually interests them? Yeah, well, obviously they can visit our website. It's tppglobal.io. And as well as that, obviously we're, we, we try and educate our audience. So I think we've, we've had about 450,000 people already register to our kind of um, market reports. Because you think about Ed and I, um, we're traders. So I think the fact that we write those reports, and I'll give Ed the credit, he, he writes most of them. We think we can resonate with the audience, educate the audience, because we're traders. You know, we're not business development manager in a large wealth manager. So we talk about the markets and talk about things that are happening in the markets. We feel we're educating the audience, nurturing the audience. And when they feel that they're ready to invest and they want to invest, they like us, they trust us, they typically invest with us. So yeah, a good starting point is our website, but we have an awful lot of content out there, free content that anyone can register to and obviously get a feel for kind of TPP and what we're trying to build. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show today and explaining what you guys are up to. It sounds really interesting. No, thank you very much for having me, Stuart. I really do appreciate it. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com, for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.